Hey, curious people. Welcome to Pretty Curious, our podcast on all things beauty. I'm Jonathan Van Ness. This week, we're talking to a beauty icon. I think I, I know that we say that a lot, but it's not my fault that we get consistently iconic guests. Sorry, not sorry. But first, it's time to get ready with me. You guys, I literally bamboozled the Sephora sellout. Um, I actually pulled like every string I know, couldn't do it. Uh, I We literally just had to like go to all the Sephoras to find the Charlotte Tilbury Beautyverse palette. If you look on my Instagram from uh, like last week, I posted it. It's really pretty. That was one look that I did with it. I mixed it with um, Danessa Myrick's Groundworks for my uh, eyeliner. I did like the like the black like pomade eyeliner, and then I did the Charlotte uh, Beautyverse palette on my eyes. Really pretty. Loved it. Then I did another color combo of it that I didn't post because I was just like running out to get brunch, and I just did like the other two colors that I hadn't used. Also, really pretty. Loving the texture. And I also feel like there are probably other palettes that are equally as gorgeous. So if you can't find it, it's like not the end of the world, but it is really beautiful and I'm happy I got it. So yes. Um, We also have some uh, listener questions. Vibing these listener questions, let me get some water. Our first listener question is, what product can I use for thinning and regrowth of hair? Okay, so that's a great question. Um... One thing would be JVN Hair Pre-Wash Scalp Oil. It's going to help to promote hair growth. The rosemary and the turmeric come together to help make sure that to make sure that your hair follicles are decongested and there's nothing that's like plugging the hair follicle, it's preventing the hair from getting out. Then it uses neem oil and our hemisqualane and bazabalol, which is really, really good for the hair that you do have. It's going to give it strength and it's going to prevent it from breaking. Because if you have thinning hair, it's going to be a little more fragile and you want to make sure that the hair that you do have doesn't break. So something like a pre-wash scalp oil or a pre-poo treatment uh, is going to be really good, like a scalp oiling treatment. It's going to be really good. But then there is like your topicals that are not pills. That's like your Rogaine's or like, you know, liquids that you would put on your scalp that are like stronger than a than a, like a JVN hair pre-wash scalp oil. Um, but you have to stay using them. And then when you stop using them, you're going to stop seeing the results. Then there's like pills like Propecia, which I've been on since I was like 19. It's been really effective in helping me to not lose hair. Then there's also like the red light, like helmet things that are supposed to stimulate hair growth. But again, those are the type of things that you have to stay on it and keep on it. Um, So thank you for that question. And yes. Our next question is, how can I apply foundation that doesn't look patchy or cracked over peach fuzz? Most commonly, the makeup mistake is when the makeup isn't blending is that there's not enough skincare on or like moisturizer on before your makeup application. And that's why the application isn't seamless. So to me, it sounds like you might need to uh, actually remove, like shave your face so that it goes even. Um, So that's what I think. I hope that answered your question. Dr. Pimple Popper, Sandra Lee Honey, Dr. Sandra Lee, if you will. Uh, Actually, you will because that's her name. We're talking with her about her practice, skincare, dermatology as a whole, and how we can approach our skin uh, more safely and more effectively. Dr. Sandra, how are you? 
I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited to meet you myself. This is amazing. How come we've not met before? I can't believe it. The world is full of injustices. And why yes. would it stop when it comes to us not having met yet? You know what I mean? Yes. So, well, so, um, Dr. Lee, what got you into dermatology? Are you pretty yes. focused on, like, removing shit from people's skin? Or are you like, I do some fillers, I do other stuff? I'm mainly a surgical dermatologist. So, yes, that is probably why I can be, I'm able to do a lot of these pimple popping and these surgeries. But I'm also a cosmetic dermatologist, and I do cosmetic surgery, too. Like, I do liposuction. I train to do hair transplants and lower face facelifts and eye lifts and things like that and a lot of lasers. And I do skin cancer surgery, but I do a lot of like the, we call them soft cosmetics, like the filler and Botox and things like that. But this has really taken over. So I think the direction naturally that my my specialty or me within my specialty was going to go into sort of kind of went a little this way, you know, it didn't go in that straight line that I thought it was going to go in and be something else, you know, um, just because I of my of the, all these like big cysts and lipoma surgeries, but it's all great. I mean, it's all part of, the training or the things that I like to do, because essentially I really like surgery. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. So you can see what's really cool about dermatology. And I don't think people realize this is they just think that we're all about acne and warts and like Botox and filler and things. And there's so much to it. There's so many. So there's so people that just do pediatric cases, that people that just do geriatric cases. There are people that just do like autoimmune conditions like lupus. And, you know, um, there's people that just do inflammatory conditions like psoriasis and eczema, right? So basically you went to school. So you went to med school. Then you, then you, after med school, you did a dermatology residency? Right, right. So you go to medical school and then you, yeah, you decide what you want to do and you hopefully get a dermatology spot. Mm -hmm. But then you were like, I want to do even another one. And you're like, I want to do like, I want to do like dermatological, like surgery, like plastics and yes. facelifts. So is that like a whole separate and like, is that in yeah, addition? Yeah, it's like a fellowship. You do another, you do another year of training and, and you, you learn from, you know, you already have the basics you already understand, or it also depends on your residency and like the kind of training that you get. And I just think I was I had really good surgery training in my residency, but I also really loved it. And so I think that was where I really absorbed everything. And then when I went, I did a, I did a fellowship in San Diego with a very famous laser surgeon. Uh, and uh, he, and so we also did, um, that's where I learned how to do lipo and um, uh, all those other things there really. So, so it was, it was pretty cool. So that, that was really the experience that you get and you get to, you know, actually do this on patients yourself, you know? So that's where you get the hands-on training. Now let's go, let's go home. Let's go to the, what you, like what you know, and then like our listeners. So okay, if you're very satisfied by uh, popping your own pimples, like how do you do it without making it worse? Like, how do you know when it's ready? Should we never do it at home? But what if we really wash our hands really good and we've watched so many videos and we feel like, we feel like we know. You know, I think that is the, that is like the tough thing about what I do. I mean, you know, I'm going to follow the rules all these other dermatologists are going to say and say like, you shouldn't pop your own pimples because I do think there are, there are people who are going to do it who are going to do it and they're going to take it too far, you know, and then that that's going to have cause problems with bleeding, infection, scarring, things like that. Terrible things can happen just like anything. You got to do things in moderation, you know, and I feel like uh, I'm concerned about that because I just don't want to, I don't want to advise people to have free reign over their pimples, but 
If you have a simple pimple like I have like right now in my nose that I can't wait for it to come to head so I can get at it because I can't stand it right now, you know, like I get it. Like you should be able to do those things at home, but you you should be able to do them responsibly and know sort of when to when is the right moment. It's not like if you just have a pimple, you should just try to squeeze away because a lot of times that can make it worse, right? Yeah, and like definitely like never break out a scalpel or like start like cutting your own yes. shit at home. But like a no, little please, like white head on like please. very clean ass hands, like you'll yes. probably be I okay. I mean, that's the thing I think people re- have to realize like the pimples, there's like a life cycle of a pimple. You know, the best time to get at it and extract it and get all that pus out is really when it has come to a head, you know, what's on the surface of the skin. Because, you know, when a pimple first starts, you feel it more than you see it, you know it's coming, and then it gets red and it gets painful. Um, It hurts much more at that point because there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of swelling in it. So that pressure causes that pain and that discomfort. But when it starts to become a pustule or what people call a whitehead, but it's a pustule because it's it's like your body is, is actually trying to get rid of this this stuff. It's like trying to push it out. So it pushes out close to the surface of the skin. And at that point, it's almost like it's not even that painful to like nick it really delicately and cleanly and then squeeze out that pus, just help it out. And that's like the best, that's the best time to do it. And the reason is, is because it's really superficial and it's going to come out anyways. If you kind of push at it when it's still red, you're just going to make it bigger and more inflamed. And also you, you're not going to get all that pus out. And that's what you're, you're trying to do at the very end. Does that, yeah. you know what I mean? What about, um, what about like those like Biore strips or just like when people like extract like those little like snakes out of the nose? Like what are, what are those little things? Well, there's two, well, you can get blackheads and whiteheads in the nose, but you can also get those sebaceous filaments that kind of look like little fibers or hairs. And that's really part of our, it's like a part of our pore because our pores have hair follicles in them. And the, it's kind of like the hair follicle helps the oil to kind of come to the surface of the skin. It's a very fine hair follicle. It's like a vellus hair. And so what you'll see are these little kind of like these little, almost like shoots of grass, right? Yes. When you pull off those Biore strips. And a lot of that, some of them are blackheads and some of them are those sebaceous filaments. It just depends on what you have there. But these are all natural. I mean, pores are normal. We can't get rid of pores. And it's really a, it's like a bold-faced lie that that people will say, oh, this laser or this procedure is going to shrink your pores. Nothing can really shrink your pores permanently. It can maybe make them look less apparent, but your pores are your pores. You're going to have them. So you got your pimples, you got your whiteheads, your blackheads, your sebaceous filaments. What other, like, what are the other, like, if it were an Olympic podium, actually, no, let's say top five, because, you know, fourth and fifth place worked really hard to make the Olympics too. So, like, what are, like, the top five (laughs) most, like, like they're not like what are like the top five like things that you see that are like weird like like I had my little ball in my back like that little white nasty thing that they cut that are out. weird things yeah you mean? like, that like you the pop top out your skin? five most yes. like common things that you see that are like kind of like that the person's probably like I'm cool. really scared but then you're like oh I see this like kind of commonly. Yes, yes. I see them a ton now because because of me being Dr. Pimple Popper. I mean in the past did I see a lot of them? Not so much. Um Steatocystomas are really cool. 
They're, we call them Seattle Tacomas, just for short. Because, <laughs> but they're like they're actually oil in your. They're the true oil cysts or sebaceous cysts, what people call, and and it's like butter under your skin when it comes out. It's like beautiful, like like it's like just uh, uh, it's just like melted butter. Seattle Tacomas or Seattle yes. Cystomas. Yes. So that's the first. Also, one. what is really cool are these villus. I should send you a video of them. These vellus hair cysts, where you actually take out these that look like little baby bird seed on, on a person's back or their chest. And if you look at them under the microscope, they're like little pieces of bird seed that have all these hairs wrapped in them. Like the vellus hairs, which are like the fine hairs that you might derma, dermaplane off your face, you know, or, you know, what we, what is that? Yeah. That's called derma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The shaving, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, it's like they're all wound in there. That is also really cool. Um, of course, a dilated pore of whiner, which is like a giant blackhead, you know, that ones that look like that. Yes, those are amazing. Blurg, blurg. <laughs> what's the, What's another one? Um, the, well, those pilar cysts that you see on the head that grow out like that, those are fun to pop out because they're like the consistency of an olive. So they have like a thick wall. So if you just kind of make an opening just right and you squeeze it, it'll usually like kind of bloop out like whole, like like a, almost like an olive or a garbanzo bean that's been stuck under the skin. So those are particularly satisfying. Um, and uh, I mean, the number one thing are like blackheads, really, because like blackheads are like snowflakes. There's never one the same. You don't really know what to expect. Sometimes they can come out really long. Sometimes they can come out like... Um, like balayage, I want to say, like like different colors, you know, and things like that. So they're they're pretty cool. So blackheads. I know I'm sick. No. <laughs> yes. When it comes to like skincare preservation, what's like something? What's one thing that people could add? Uh, or change in their routine to make a like to make the biggest difference. Do you feel? I will tell you. For me, uh, I'm I I you know obviously I know I know a lot about skincare. I I def- this is my world. Dermatology. We're like know about skin. We we love we know everything. We learn everything about the skin, the hair, and the nails. But I'm not super into trying new products and things like that. I do pretty minimal on my face. You know, mainly sunscreen and things like that. But what I actually I kind of made a commitment. I would go to sleep all the time with my my with my makeup on and stuff like that and not fully wash my face. And it's really only in the last few years that I've really been good about washing my face at night and making sure my face is clean. And it's made a huge difference in my life, I feel like. I just feel like my skin has looked so much better. I think the makeup kind of scratches your face or really makes you look a lot tired, more tired and just just dirtier and things like that. And I know that sounds like a lame thing to hear from a dermatologist, actually, but I didn't, I wasn't that committed to doing that. I, I, I think I was like, I was like, you know, I'm Asian and I'm okay. I'm going to be okay for a while. And then I turned 50 and I was like, oh shit, you know, like I, I got to start really taking, doing something to take care of my skin. And I think um, just things like that, just trying to like be nice to your skin. Don't be so rough to it as we get older. Like, don't rub your face. I, I really am conscious about rubbing my skin or rubbing my eyes because I know that that kind of thing causes 
trauma to your skin and actually makes you look older. You have increased skin lines from that. You know, if you have like a little rash, especially around your eyes, if you rub your eyes, you look so tired and older the next day. So there's a lot of little things that I try to do now, just keep my hands off my face and things like that. Cause yeah, I realize it's, it's time now. Like I, I gotta, I gotta take better care of myself. Hands off face. That's such a fucking big one. Yeah. So what about like makeup brushes? Do we, do we need to make sure that our makeup brushes are super fucking clean? Like what about like disinfecting our shit that we put on our face? I think we, we definitely need to d- disinfect them. We need to clean these things just like you would your pillowcase really. Right. Or your skin. Cause these are the things that are touching your face. How often do you do your pillowcase? How often do I do my pillowcase? Yeah. I switch it out like every few days, but, and I really like a silk pillowcase. We do too. We do too. We do too. In our house, that's what we do too. It's like better for our hair. It's better for our skin. I think it like wrinkles me less. Yes. And it's so cool too. So it helps you. It just feels really nice. So it does feel nice. It was like an adjustment and also like I slobber sometimes. And so that's weird, but, um, but it's still fine. Um, but I, I I do prefer it. Um, what about, uh, acne wounds, scars, how do we address, I mean, obviously those are two very different things. Um, but I think specifically with acne scarring, like if you have like just long-term like scars to your face. The point I want to make here is to really, if you have acne, um, and your acne is moderate to severe, really look into getting that treated because you don't want to have acne scars. I see people every day that come in, um, and they bring their kids in because their kid has maybe a couple pimples and it's not even a big deal. But you see the reason that they brought them in is because they have acne scars. Because you know, like you can see that they that it has affected them so greatly in their life that like, you know, it's sort of like when somebody loses a lot of weight and they say like, I look in the mirror sometimes and I, I, I can't stop seeing that person that I was. Like they still see themselves as, as overweight. It's like that with acne, acne scars. People look in the mirror and they, it's just reminds them of their acne and the way they felt during that time. And it's like, you can't get away from that image. It reminds you that all the time. And it can be really devastating for people to have acne scars. And it's very, it's just very frustrating and it's very expensive and can take a long process to really um, improve your skin. Um, Have you seen, like, what do you think is the most successful, um, Or like, have you seen anything that you think works better than other things? Yeah, I think laser, for like certain types of scars, I think laser resurfacing works well, like CO2 laser. I think there's a phenol peel, which is like a really deep peel that can work well. But a lot of the things that you're seeing too, and they look great after, you'll see somebody that had some really aggressive treatment and they look so great after. But a lot of that is going to, some of, at least some of it, is going to go away over time because a, a lot of that has to do with the swelling right afterwards too because you're a little swollen, so everything looks better. You know, everything's kind of a little bit more plump, like you have like you have an allergic reaction or something. You know, all of a sudden your lips look great or your cheeks look great because you have no wrinkles. But a lot of that is going to subside over time. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a more than a, just a single process for a lot of things. There's filler that can work, you know? So, you know, there's chemical peels, there's um, there's lasers that treat them. But like I said, I think the CO2 laser is the best one for that sort of thing. Tattoo removal. Yes. Like, is there any, like, good lasers for, like, really good tattoo removal that only takes one? Yeah. No. Oh. No. Well... It depends on the tattoo that you have, really. Like, I mean, we've done, like, people who have, like, what we call traumatic tattoos, where they fall on the asphalt and they get, like, tattoo, like, they get, like, 
lead or whatever. It's not really lead, but you know, like asphalt into their, and you can zap it like once or twice and they're gone. But it, 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 it depends on the type of tattoo. Like if you have sort of an amateur tattoo, you know, where you were in prison and someone tattooed you, like that's probably going to come out a lot easier than somebody than, than a full professional tattoo with multiple colors. How right? many consults would you say if someone has like acne scarring or like if they're ready to like take the plunge on fillers or uh, mm-hmm. or they want to start to think about something like that? How many consultations or like different dermatologists would you recommend? Like, do you think just go to the first one you go to? Or like if you go and you have a consult, and you're like, oh, I don't know, that person's like telling me like, like, like how much do you shop around before you commit? I know for me, I think a lot of the patients that see me, they they like me or they say that they they come to me because I tend to be more conservative with things. I don't try to get too aggressive. I'm certainly, I don't like upsell people. In fact, I'd rather them not do anything at all than to do something and hate what they do. You know, like I'm not the person that's trying to like get the money out of them. And I think that they they appreciate that and they understand that I'm not I, I'd rather, less is always more. You can always add more later. I'm curious about a blepharoplasty. Yes, blepharoplasties aren't bad. They're pretty straightforward. I'm curious about, I want yes. one, I think on my upper eye. Well, okay, I'll tell you one thing that's interest, that you might be interesting too. There's two reasons that people come in for their eyes um, that they feel like they're heavier. Of course, it's gravity that's causing it. But a lot of times people, some there's sometimes that people think they need an eye lift, but they actually need a brow lift. Because there's two reasons, right? Some people have heavy brows uh-huh. and you'll, and that, and so if they just remove this little extra skin on their eye, which is the blepharoplasty, it's not going to help the heavy brows. So they need to do a brow lift too. I have like, I just have like, I feel like I have really hooded ass eyes. Well, so if you pinch your eyelid skin and you move up, you'll notice that when you pinch after a while, it, it won't pinch so thin. It'll start to pinch thicker. Like you can't grab the same thin amount of skin and that's your brow skin. So if you feel like that's part of the skin that you remove, you don't want to remove that in an eye lift because then you're just really essentially sewing your brow to your eyelid. Like it's just going to pull your brow down more so. So I don't mean to get too, does that make sense to you? No. So there's two things sometimes. <laughs> I'm not saying that you don't need an, you, don't, you couldn't do well with just an, with an eye lift. Cause I can't see you. You're too far away from me. I can't, I got to look more like. <laughs> Girl, Sandra, look how pretty this is. I, you guys, hold on. I have to get in the, I got to get in the, up in this camera. Well, hold on. Yes. What, what, now what, what, by what, doing that, yes, yes, but you're doing this extra. Yes, you you should take a Q-tip and sort of roll it back like you're rolling that oh. that skin out of the way. Because if you're doing that, sometimes like people will go like, look how much better it looks like this, and you're lifting your brows. I'm up. just doing it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you look beautiful. You have beautiful eyes too. So you know, <laughs> I just need a little bit. So you started your Instagram in 2015, mm-hmm. and then your show started airing on TLC in. 20, I want to say 2017 or 18 or something like that. What has been your favorite part about the show and and what social media has brought to you? Like, what about your platform? Like, what's your favorite part about your platform and its intersection with dermatology? When I first started the show and uh, on social media being known as Dr. Pim Popper, I was actually pretty concerned and scared that I would get 
like ostracized by all dermatologists. Like, oh my God, what is she doing? She's making us look like idiots, you know, that we just pipped up, pop pimples and things like that. And, um, it, and they've really been so nice to embrace me and they're really proud of the show and how it's brought dermatology, it's has shown dermatology in a, in a new light. And so that has been wonderful about it. Uh, I, also love, there's a lot of little kids who like to watch Dr. Pimple Popper and they want to be future dermatologists or surgeons or physicians. And that is super special to me. I always take the time when, cause they come to my office. Like it's ridiculous. They're going to a doctor's office on their birthday or something just to see me. Like that's amazing. You know, so I love that part of it. Tell us about your skincare line. Yes. We've gotten to use a few things. We Great. love it. Great. What, like, what was like founding your skincare line like? What, like, what are your goals with it? What is like, who is it made for? What's your vibe? Well, it's all about it's all about derma, democratizing dermatology. Really trying to make dermatology products available to everybody. Because I think when I first started on social media and and you know before TV even, I noticed that. You know, a lot of people were asking me about their own acne and a lot of people were asking me about how to treat eczema or psoriasis or things like that or hydradenitis, you know, which is like, I don't know if you've heard of that, the HS, which is a really common, which is a pretty common condition, but it's not talked about very much. And and, um, I feel like they're looking for answers, but, and they've never seen a dermatologist. They may not have the time or the money or the ability to see a dermatologist. And so they feel like they feel out of control, right? They feel like they can't find an answer. So I was already providing the education with my my videos. And so I was thinking, why don't I try to give people uh, products or recommend products that I myself would recommend to my own patients in my office? So it's like it is cosmetic, but it's also like more active ingredient, like active salute. Like right. that makes a lot of sense. Well, things that you can give without a prescription, right? Up, up until you can get a prescription, which is when you need to see a dermatologist. But yeah, it's not so... It is all cosmetic-based because really none of this threatens your life, but you want to make sure you look better and feel better and feel more confident. So that, you would say, is sort of more the cosmetic side of it. How do you feel about exfoliant? I think exfoliant's great. I mean, I think it's particularly great in people who have some dry skin and also people who have brown spots and issues like that, like I do. So I I actually really like beta hydroxy acids, like salicylic acid. If you have my, I think you might have my acne system, you should try the salicylic acid cleanser. I I think that's great on all skin types, whether you have acne or not. And it's really, because salicylic acid is really gentle on all skin types, whether you're oily or dry or you're dark, darker skinned or lighter skinned. And it can help clear out your pores, but also help to lighten brown spots and things like that over time. So it's really the most easygoing kind of acid, you know? So I I think it's great. Dr. Lee Darling, are you ready for our final segment? It's our rapid fire round. Okay. 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 Um, what's your, uh, what is your go-to budget beauty recommendation? It's under 10 bucks. Oh, like, um, Vaseline, Aquaphor, that kind of thing. Just great. Like you could use that anywhere. Um, what is, uh, what is a product that you never leave home without? My phone. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good answer. What's, um, okay. this one's, it's a look. What is like your most inspiring, like vintage or like just like beauty muse? Like someone somewhere that you still think about? Yeah. I mean, I love that. I don't even know what the name is of those times, but when you have that beautiful, like smooth, like the, like the Greta Garbo or like the, 
What is like Lana you know, Turner like that, waves? Like old Hollywood, like waves. Like, yes, like that kind of thing. I love, I love that time. I wish I could. Um, I mean, has anyone ever said like Renaissance times or something? Who wants Ooh, to? Oh no, but I <laughs> no, but I. But Greta Garbo. That's the first time that someone. I love yes. that like 1930s, oh, really? like 40s reference. That's yeah, great. I love that. Just so beautiful. Yeah. Um. Do you have like a Roman Empire movie that you think about like a lot, but you don't know why? Um, a Roman Empire movie that I think about. I know you gave me these, and I, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought of them. But now, when I get down to the spot, holy crap! What's um, like a movie you end up telling people about? I like Almost Famous. Oh, Almost, I like almost Famous. Great people don't one. watch. Yeah, that people don't don't really watch that much. I feel like, um, or these newer generations don't watch that much. Princess Bride, of course, is always a good one. Um, I don't know. I. I, I Crazy Rich Asians is makes me cry. <laughs> Those are three. You did so good. That's really good. Yeah. That's really good. Okay, this or that. Popping a pimple or extracting a cyst? Uh, uh, extracting a cyst. Extracting an ingrown hair or extracting a blackhead? Ooh, ingrown hairs I don't see very often, so they're always fun. Pimple patches or benzyl peroxide cream? Uh, pimple patches, but both. Depends. Ooh, I like that. It's pimple. a non-binary answer. I love it. Salicylic <laughs> acid or benzyl peroxide? Salicylic acid. Chemical or physical exfoliation? Chem uh, chemical. AHA or BHA? BHA. Microneedling or chemical peel? Chemical peel. Uh, laser treatments or steam treatments? Laser treatments. But again, it depends on what you're talking about, yes. Sheet mask or clay mask? Sheet mask. Dr. Sandra Lee, thank you so much for coming on Pretty Curious. We we're so grateful for your time. I had so much fun talking to you and meeting you. I just love you so much. You're the best. And you all, uh, you're most active on Instagram and TikTok. Are those your top yes. two that yes. you like to use the most? Yes, but I wanted, I want you to promise, I will, uh, next time I'm in Austin. Please let me know. Let's get dinner. And I want you to teach me how to put on a wig. Like, I would love to do, like, the real thing. Well, like, I've learned. Real, I, I've learned how to get yes. a really good wig application from Adira. I'm pretty curious. But also, I can just, like, show you how to blow out your hair and we can play with the oh, ways. Yeah, we'll do all of fabulous. it. We'll play I with all of it. Sure. And I need to yes. send you some JBN hair. Thank you so much oh, awesome. um, for coming. I appreciate you so much. And actually, give us your address and we'll I'll send you some JBN hair. I'd love to send you stuff. I think you'd oh, love it. Oh, thank you. And, sir, and, and so I'm going to follow you so we can DM there, right? Yeah, 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 totally. That. And so I think you'd love our pre-wash scalp oil. I think you'd love our okay. body shampoo and conditioner. I make these, okay. I make um, two oh God, really so great excited. heat protectants that I love. I like yes. just put on your hair wet before you blow dry. One's a little lighter. One's got a little bit more style memory to it. So like it like when you like curl your hair to like help the curl like last longer, but not in a gel way. It's like a soft way. Oh, I, I need all that too. I don't pay attention to that much stuff too. So you got to do that, and you got to do the whole Greta, Greta Garbo. Oh, yeah, I'll, awesome. I'll show you old Hollywood ways. Thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate you so much. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to Pretty Curious with me, Jonathan Van Ness. You can learn more about this week's guest in the episode description of whatever you're listening to the show on and follow us on Instagram at Curious with JVN. Come on, Curious Universe. Still can't get enough? Subscribe to Extra Curious on Apple Podcasts for commercial free listening and our subscription-only show, Ask JVN, where we're talking sex, relationships, and so much more. Our engineer is Nathaniel McClure. Our theme music is also composed by Nathaniel McClure. Pretty Curious is produced by me, Chris McClure, Julia Melfi, and Allison Weiss, with production support from Julie Carrillo, Ann Curry, and Chad Hall. 